Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Anchor. It's a great podcast app. We use it for Flyers Alley. Basically, all you do is download the app, create a profile, and it's pretty self-explanatory. You record, you uh, publish it, and I believe within minutes, you're on your favorite podcast apps, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, the works. So, if you guys want to create your own podcast, the best way to go is Anchor Apps. We use it in the alley. You guys should too. Hello everybody, welcome to Flyers Alley Live. I'm your host, Jesse Bell, along with Jake Long. Jake, how you doing? Good, how are you? Great, great. We have a really special guest today, <laughs> Zach Kendrachuk. How you doing, man? How's it going? Jesse, Jake, how's it going, buddies? Awesome. Doing awesome. great. How is California? Uh... You know, we, we talked a little bit about this. I know you have you have ill will towards it. Uh, today, it's 100 degrees out. It's sunny. There's palm trees. I mean, it's everything that you expect. Uh, I'm not really near any huge city. I'm, I'm more out in the desert, which is kind of a different Cal- uh, California experience than most people imagine. Uh, I miss the East Coast, though. Uh, my intent is always to return home. I mean, I grew up in South Jersey, and uh, getting back to the tri-state area is, is something I intend on doing. Yeah, it's great here. It is. I love it. The 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 weather change and the snow, everything. You know, you yeah. Winters. There's no winters here. Right. (laughs) I do miss that. Right. So we could dive right into it. Um, Do it. What's going on, Eric? Eric is our tech guy on our network. Um. Yeah. So let's just do a little bit of background with uh, you being Orist. Orist. Yeah. Yeah. Get that right. So, uh, well, basically, um, what was it like being being the son of a Stanley Cup winner? Two times Stanley Cup winner. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it's it's something that was um, normal for a while, and then uh, completely abnormal, and then just feels sort of uh, normal again. I think what's 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 evolved for me over time the most, though, is um, how much I took it for granted, and how much I take it for granted now. Uh, you know, as a kid. Um, I grew up around a lot of the other alumni kids and we all just kind of thought this is sort of what all kids experience, but obviously that's not the case. And, um, you know, at, at, at some point, like your relationship with any parent, it sort of becomes annoying. Like, yeah, I get it. You played hockey. Wonderful. Good for you. What are you doing now? Uh, but now that I, now that I've aged and, you know, eventually you get to um, a phase in your life where you're just friends with your parents. I love it. I love that. Uh, I love that he's part of. I think like the greatest era of sports history. I mean, it, it, I don't even think I know it is the greatest era of sports history in Philadelphia. I mean, th- there'll never be anything like it ever again. It's just not possible. They were the Beatles of Philadelphia, and you could never replicate the Beatles, just like you could never replicate replicate the Broad Street Bullies. So, to see him in some of those images uh, is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's why I started this, this podcast is, um, I, I, 
got to know a lot of his teammates and then I, I want to hear their stories and they want to tell those stories and those stories should absolutely be preserved. And, you know, I, I love hearing them. They, they love coming on and it's been a, a great experience. And it all started with uh, around last Christmas, I used to do another podcast that was more daily news stuff called Anarchist Jurisdiction. And I had, uh, I did a Christmas episode, a very bully Christmas, and I had Bob the Hound Kelly on mm. along with my dad and at the same time with my then co-host Terry. And they just kind of were just jawing about things that happened. And, you know, there's, there's so many things that everybody knows happened on the ice, but uh, all the stuff off the ice is equally, if not more interesting. So that's what I'm trying to bring out of players now. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds so for a long answer, it's, <laughs> A long answer to uh, what could have been uh, to a very brief question. It's very cool. It's cool having your dad be a bully. I can imagine that being <laughs> kind of yeah. cool. Not everybody can say that their dad's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. No, it's true. And what? And once as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, cool. exactly. It was. Um, he got introduced into the bully culture uh, right away, and you know that team was already on a path to greatness and. He was fortunate enough to be able to contribute to that. Was he? Um, because he was a bit of a smaller guy. Yeah. In the NHL back <laughs> in the day, but he had some big guys around him. Was he? Was he chirping a lot? And just because he knew he had those guys behind him to come and just take him out. I don't think there was. It's interesting because the role of the enforcer sort of developed later, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there were certainly enforcers in the seventies, obviously. Um, but you know, you go into the eighties and you could have guys like, you know, Gretzky chirp because he had an enforcer or even, you know, let's use a better example. You had the, the flyers of the eighties, you know, Proppy could say whatever he wanted to because Daryl Stanley and Dave Brown were on the team. Right. Um, and I, I, you know, I talked to Dave Poole a little while ago, who's a real, real tiny guy. He'll be the first to tell you that. And, you know, he was on the line with, with Dave Brown too, and knew that no one's touching him. But the difference between those teams and the bullies were, Nobody expected anybody else to step up for them. So you fought your own battles. Uh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. You know, my dad was, he's, he's, he was five, uh, about 5'10, 180. Um, but he fought dudes like Terry O'Reilly. You know, there's a Mayweather Paul fight tonight. Where, <laughs> or, and, you know, he's, he's Mayweather seating like 40 pounds, but he's not going to back down at all. That was, that was everybody on the bullies. Like you didn't, if you took a shot at somebody, you expected to absorb the shot back from them. You didn't wait till Moose or Schultze came back on, on the ice to uh, take care of your business. Everybody chirped. I like it. I like it. It was so much more vicious back then. That's, that's what I like. And actually, a, a question I have for you before, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll get into uh, flyers right now. But uh, what um, have you, did you have like the honor to meet Ed Snyder ever? Yes. Um, and very, how was very that? young. Yes. We, everyone, we all, it's, it's this running theme in the show is that no matter what age, even if you were the same age of him as him at the time, everybody refers to him as Mr. Snyder. Um, and you know, I was able to meet Mr. Snyder briefly as a young and like, I'm not going to say I spent any meaningful time with him whatsoever, but he's just one of those guys that, and that has that presence as soon as he walks in. You know, it's like De Niro entering when he first enters Goodfellas. Like he, uh, he just he just commands the room immediately because you know all the players have respect for him, and you know people have respect for the players. So all the respect is headed toward uh, Mr. Snyder. Uh, I mean, 
to build what he built and to do what he did for players while they were playing and then after they retired is uh, unlike any other owner I've ever heard of. Yeah, he kind of does take the cake. You don't really hear too much about a lot of other owners as in-depth as you do as uh, as Snyder. No. Everybody's got a Mr. Snyder did this for me story, which you know, a lot of players, a lot of players today, maybe you meet your owner. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you do, it's it's probably under just very formal circumstances. Um, but they they became I, I don't want to ever say friends, but like close at the same time uh, and and uh, this love for one another. Uh, and yeah, you, you know, that, that just, again, like the bullies will never happen again. I, I can't imagine that happening again with any other owner. No. Were you, I mean, he was, he was in, he was in X players lives 35 years after they last put on the skates. Right. It's yeah. I mean, it's, I guess we could get into that with, with the flyers now. What's uh what's, what, what do you think is, uh, can compared to, and it's, it's a very open question, I guess. Mm-hmm. The Flyers back then, you could take it from the Bullies to the Legion of Doom to what's going on right now. Uh, hockey has obviously changed so much. What, what do you think is the the biggest reasoning for that? Um, I think, you know, the European influx, obviously, they just they sort of changed the style of play. You saw after, I mean, the, the Islanders bought, brought a bit of brutality back during their run. But... Um, you know, the, the NHL never liked the bullies and the way that they played and always wanted them. Clarence Campbell hated the Flyers, hated them. He liked them one day when they beat the Russians. That's it. And then you go you, you go from them to the Canadians and that they there there was this sense like order restored, that this is a game of grace and speed and not you know, any any sense of brutality or anything like that. And then going on to the eighties and nineties and everything, you know. This is this has been the way the game has been been progressing for a long time, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that the game lacks the physicality. It's, a, it's still an incredibly physical game, but not the way that it was. Um, and but you know, the, I, I think a, a lot of the, the the Olympic hockey and the popularity, uh, especially here in, in in United States, that that generated like people were really into hockey for those couple of weeks, and the, the how that style of game differentiated from your typical NHL game. Uh, I think really even pushed the NHL even even further to make it a game about just speed and skill and and less about like, you know, grinders. Right. Yeah. But the, the you know, that's all well and good, but one thing they should do is probably shrink the goalie pads by about 15%. Uh, yeah, and then right. we, we would truly see uh we would see you know these 5-4 games like we used to see in the 80s. Right. I still love the game. Like it's still, it's the best game to watch. It's just different and it's never going to go back. So, you know, um, grousing about yesteryear is, is something that I'll leave my normal guests to, to, to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so different now. And it, it's funny cause the other, uh, the other show that I'm on, the dusty boots are, uh, the host of that is, uh, he's a junior hockey player and he, mm-hmm. he's nine, he's 19 and he, uh, he was complaining about, you know, he's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. It's like, oh, I've been waiting oh, my entire sucks. my entire life for this. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what it's like to be a Flyers fan, dude. I'm 34 <laughs> and I've been waiting. My, I, I, people older than me have been waiting since the last time it happened. So I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Well, the Leafs have the. Uh, I mean, they have the longest drought now. Yep. Yeah. 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 And this was uh, this was supposed to be a special year. You know, they got 
obviously a, a horrible stroke of luck with John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond that, to blow a 3-1 lead yeah. <laughs> in game that's, seven that's is, very, very, yeah. is very, very Maple Leafs. And Philly's, <laughs> Philly's an insane hockey town. And I would say there are very few towns on, on par with it. Toronto is one of those towns. That's like, what I'm hearing. You, you go there, and it's just nothing but Leafs. Nothing. Uh, you know, the Raptors had their nice year, but if they're not winning the championship, then nobody cares. It's it's all Maple Leafs. So they're not just losing year after year. They're losing under one of the biggest microscopes in the league. Right. Yeah. So sorry to your friend that he's a Maple Leafs fan. That's got to be rough. It's fun to watch, though. <laughs> it's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little weird that they're like, you know, uh, I, I went on another show uh, based out of Canada, and the first thing the guy said to me when I went on was, "How's it feel to be a scumbag from Philadelphia?" And I was like, "All right, yeah." He was a he was a Habs fan, and you know, they just. Well, I, I think man, they're a little. I, I'm not yeah. going to accept. I'll accept that criticism from a lot of cities, but certainly not from Montreal. No, you want to no. talk about scumbags? Like uh, Montreal is one of the seediest cities that I've ever been to. Like, you know, I, one, I, if he wants to call a scumbag, uh, you know, which is as harsh as Canadian criticism as I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take that from, you know, Columbus or I'll, right. I'll take that uh, even from a Rangers fan. That's fine. Call me a scumbag. But Montreal, I've been to your city. You have a, you have a club there called Le Fouffon Electrique, which means electric butt cheeks. That's that's <laughs> what kind of no, noble person with dignity goes to that Montreal. The rest of Canada that doesn't doesn't even like you. Yeah, right. No. That's kind of the point that we were getting because we were on a show the other week, and, and this guy is just trolling Brent, and he's just he's yeah. a Habs fan. He's just trolling him hard, and even he comes on here sometimes too. And I'm like, dude, this has nothing to do with that. It's flyer show. Please go. But yeah, right. I just I can't believe that they're they're burning and like pissing on jerseys like i i would never be able to i could never do that <laughs> i don't think no, i'd ever be I, able to do i've that. never understood burning something you purchased yeah just it's burning just money crazy yeah. it's stupid to me to, for, for what what are you doing yeah and while your wife sits inside disappointed and trying to think of someone else <laughs> she can have sex Dog- Doug Gilmore <laughs> releases a tweet the other day saying, "Well, you could just don't." Someone was burning his jersey, and he's like, "I have nothing to do with this." And, no, uh, yeah, donate my jersey to charity. I'll burn it and pee on it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who so, burns Buddy Gilmore's jersey? I mean, yeah, talk right. about a great leaf, which just gave his. I mean, a small. You think my dad was a small guy? Doug Gilmore was probably two inches smaller than my dad, ten pounds lighter. Just put everything into the game, I and mean, he's like right. Toronto's Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. right? They don't care. Well, now now that they call us scumbag, kind of like, yeah, I don't really care what you guys say. You guys are showing. You guys are showing it on social. How media. lazy! How lazy is a team name when it's? And this is why the, like the Houston Texans bother me. Like the, <laughs> you're the Montreal Canadiens. All right. I mean, there's no thought put into it whatsoever. The Washington right. football team. That's a good one too. I actually do like that. that one's <laughs> actually, uh, I feel like just because I I hate it. I hate Dan Snyder and yeah. I hate the previous name and logo and everything. I, I I love that they're just stuck with that for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You got anything, Jake? You you got some stuff I just, down there? I uh, just wanted to see if you uh, had any memories from the parade. If you were born during that time no. or. Or I know, if, uh, I wasn't. your dad spoke about it because apparently it was the greatest parade in Philadelphia, possibly even 
mankind. They said it was just the wildest thing. So I've been, I've been seen. in some other cities. Uh, so no, I was not born. Um, but I've, I've definitely heard about it. There's a, there's a photo here in the house of him and, and my mom sitting on a, basically just a car with, you know, uh, with 2.7, there's a, different estimates on the low end, 2.7 on the high end, uh, 3.7 um, million people, million scumbags around yeah. them <laughs> with, with minimal, minimal protection. And, yep. you know, everything went flawlessly and every, and, and everything. It's, I mean, that Philly was, was definitely struggling at that point and, and it's struggled since, but for those couple of years and some of the, if you've ever seen the HBO documentary on the, on the Broad Street Bullies, or if you haven't, I, I really recommend it to see neighborhoods that had been divided by racial strife or, or economic strife or wh whatever it is, come together and just cheer on these, these dim witted group of 26 Canadians for a couple of years was just the, such a nice, just moment of, you know, uh, of peace in a city that was otherwise turbulent. And uh, again, that's, that's why you can just never replicate the bullies again, because the, this, a city would never respond to a single team like that, the way that, that they did. And then, you know, they, they ratcheted up security a bit for the, for the, uh, the, the second parade, but uh, man, I wish I could have been there. Um, I, I still hear from listeners, Did you just freeze? Yeah, he froze. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I'll come back. Where did you go? I'm right here. Oh, no. Wow, hopefully he comes back. <laughs> um, we can get into the comments. Um... Eric said, uh, "Wade said, 1967. I think was the last time Toronto." Yeah, won. I think Eric confirmed it. Oh, did oh, yeah, he did. yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, and also we we can get into that. Uh, the fact that they called me a scumbag is just kind of raw. I mean, okay, used, used to it by now. Well, I mean, it's going on to another show. I mean, they were on our network for a little bit. Yeah, the yeah. Red Light Hockey Podcast. They uh. I went on and they legitimately asked me that. And then I kind of explained to them that like, if you don't understand what it's like to be from Philadelphia or be a, a Philly fan, a sports fan. It's just, it, there's no way to describe it. Here yeah, we go. You just bred into it. That's yeah, right. First for me. My wife, I just cut out. That is a, that is the first time it ever happened. Apology. <laughs> no, that's all good. It's stream yard. It, it's, that's all it is. 100%. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just telling him how, you know, we just got went over the comments and such until you, I figured you'd be back. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, my, my dad actually told me that, uh, the, the flyers parade was actually the biggest. I mean, when the Eagles won, you know, it was big yeah. when the Phillies won, it was big, but the, the flyers were, were, was the biggest of all yeah. time. Yeah. By far threefold. I, you know, I've, I've lived in, I happen to be in Kansas city when the Royals won and it, it seemed like every square inch of that city was covered and estimates of that one were half a million so five times that if you can believe it that's awesome it's insane yeah yeah i was at the eagles one and it was awesome i thought it would be bigger but i think the the weather kind of scared a lot of people off it's colder you know when the flyers mm -hmm. won it's warmer weather there were a newer team in the city because i remember listening i listened to a lot of sports radio and 
Al Morgani was talking about how he was invited to like go down to Flyers practice and like, oh, there's going to be like a few thousand people there. And it was like a couple hundred people just watching this fl- new Flyers team practice. And then yeah. a couple couple years later, they go to a cup and there's two plus million people. At a yeah, parade. who was I talking? I think I was talking to Bernie Perron about that, that they had – they're, they had kind of an inauguration parade down Broad Street when the, when the team was like first announced, right? And 6,000 people uh, kind of, you know, and, and on any given day, you're going to have, a, you know, pedestrian traffic. So yeah. who knows if they were even like parade goers. Yeah. And then flash forward uh, times that times 100,000. And uh, that's that's the the crowd that you got. Yeah, yeah it, was just, it was just it was the right team at the right time for that city. Yeah, it's just a blue-collar city. Everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, working their ass off, and then they're watching a hockey team that's, you know, just grinding it out, beating everyone in front of them and just having fun doing it, and then going to the local bar and partying with the people as well. I'm <laughs> sure that's a, another question I'd like to ask. I'm sure there's some wild stories you've had that uh, that you've heard about some some bar stories. Well, Rexy's was the bar that everybody went to. Yep, that's it. Um, and yeah, that was the other great thing about the team is that, you know, I was uh, on Bob Clark's episode. He would just talk about it. he would get off work and then go and have a beer and a sandwich at Rexy's with other guys that were, you know, getting off work. That sort of access uh, is unparalleled. Um, and he just he didn't think anything that it was strange at the time because you know at that time they were probably making double his salary. And in terms of rowdiness. Um, there, I think that at at Rexy's, um, and because Fred Shiro was their coach, that's where they were most well behaved, uh, because they they wanted it they wanted it to be their home, uh, and to be somewhere they were welcome and known for for being a part of. So they wouldn't go there, and and it it really wasn't it just wasn't the way that that team was. Um, for you them to go and the kind of bust they up acted a place. On, on the ice, you wouldn't think that. Well, you get it all out on the ice, and you're kind of just exhausted, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, grab a bite, eat a beer, and you're good. Yeah. Now, had they and you know they would they would be reticent to do this, you know, go out in another city, things would have turned out differently, probably. <laughs> uh, but it, in at Rexy's, um, it was a pretty harmonious. Uh, uh, existence with between the fans and the players because at that point I mean who who wanted who wanted to pick a fight with any of them yeah um, right <laughs> yeah hell no let's say do you think as an organization the Flyers chasing the glory days of the bullies was a det- what the I can't read any of that I can't even see and everything's fuzzy detriment to their growth mm. while the NHL was evolving in the mid slash late nineties I didn't see them as trying to chase the glory days of the bullies, to be honest with you, they were definitely playing a physical style, but at that, at that time, even by, you know, the nineties, the mid late nineties, when you had this generational player in Eric Lindros. Um, so you, you, you're, you're trying to put together a team that sort of emulates his style of play. Right. So you, you, Lindros is the face of the team. So, you know, what you're going to face, you're going to face kind of big dudes who are playing physical, but I never saw them as, trying to emulate what the bullies were doing. They were kind of doing their, their own thing at that time. And what happened, unfortunately, I think they just, I mean, more than anybody, Eric was just cursed. Uh, they, they could have put together a cup run 
with that team. That team was good enough. And then unfortunately, Eric just got concussed and had a, a few other problems and some disagreements with the team as well. But that that team was that, that team was great, and I, I don't I don't see how it then stunted the growth of them going further. I know there's a lot of people that um, criticize the Lindros trade because of how much the Flyers gave away, and you know, Forsberg went on to be something quite special. But shut up, because that day everybody in Philadelphia was thrilled because Eric Lindros was worth any price, yeah. and I I still think that we got it we got something worth seeing. Like if you ever got to see Lindros play live or at all, I, it, he really was one of, he should have been top five player of all time. If he played in today's game, he would be unstoppable. I think so. Because yeah, nowadays it, you can skate with your head down and not have to worry about <clears> Not have to worry about it. And, you the, up. Well, he and you don't have players like Darius Kasparaitis. Right. Uh, I mean, you have, you have some, you have, you know, Tom Wilson types, but, they're more cheap shot artists. The the insidious nature of guys like Kasparitis and then Ulf Samuelson, who essentially ruined Cam Neely's career, is that uh, they would do cheap shots that weren't even called as penalties. Uh, they were they would just kind of you know just grind you down with knee shots, hip shots, everything like that. And that player doesn't exist as much today. But Lindros is when you're a top five player, it means you could play in any era and. For me, Lindros could have played in 1918 and he could have played in 2021 and, and still been as dominant. Let me ask you, I, I have a question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Sure. Um, it's it's not Flyers related. It's kind of bully related, but okay. not really. Um, do you think Wayne Gretzky would have scored as many goals as he did without Dave Semenko and Morty McSorley clearing the way? <laughs> Putting the fear in everybody. Not a, maybe fifty less. Really, the guy was. It was. It was the style of the time, um, and Gretzky was so transcendent. I don't even remember anyone taking a cheap shot at him. And uh, yeah, if not for them, it would have been two others. But you, you look at that Oilers team, and I don't even know how the Flyers went seven without Tim Kerr. Like it's just it. You had Curry. This is why, you know, it, it's a lifelong debate fight that I've had with my dad, who the greatest player of all time is. He says Gretzky. I say Lemieux. Uh, and oh. he's got, I say Gretzky had Curry, Coffey, Glenn Anderson, Mark Messier, you know, Kevin Lowe as, you, as your, even, even, you know, Jimmy Carson, or well, that, that was that was later on. But, like, guys that were just insanely skilled, future Hall of Famers. So, that team was just designed to score 400 goals a season. And one year, I think it scored like 424 or something like that. So, yeah, would he, he had 1,000 points by the time he was 23 years old. So, yeah, I, th I think that he would have – I still think he would have had over 700 goals even without those two enforcers. I, I get uh, – you, you've probably seen uh, Ice Guardians, the, the documentary. Have you seen that? I haven't, no. Oh, oh on, the, on the enforcers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that question, it kind of came up in a different way. Mm -hmm. I kind of got that from that. I've asked a couple people and they think I'm nuts, but I'm, I'm just not really a Gretzky fan. So, I mean, it kind of goes with. I, yeah, I've come around on him. It's, it's, uh, I, I wasn't just because of my dumb teenage position that Lemieux was, 
you know, better. He's phenomenal, man. He was just yeah. un- un- unbelievably talented. And now having talked to some of the players now that have played alongside of him, it's like this, this is, he's another player that right now, you know, I know Connor McDavid is 15%. Uh, well, Nathan McKinnon's showing up pretty well, but I think, I still think, you know, Connor McDavid is 10 to 15% better than anybody else in the league. And I think Gretzky yeah. would still be on, on par with him. Yeah. And when you hear goats, talked about in the sports world it's you know michael jordan tom yeah. brady all those guys you never hear anyone mention wayne gretzky and when you look at his numbers compared to anyone in second place it's insane that he's not mentioned with the the greatest full time in all of oh, in all sports, sports. Yeah. yeah it's just because people don't mention hockey don't mention hockey yeah exactly uh, yeah it's I mean, so frustrating i'm like if people have seen these guys' numbers in the second best, he's, I still think he's got more assists than second place in points. It's so you take away all of his goals, and he's still the all-time NHL leading scorer. <laughs> yeah. That's that's dominance. Yeah. As I, as I continue to say that to ask that question, it starts getting worse and worse as, as I get the answers. Uh, yeah. I think T- Taylor Lear kind of gave me like a oh okay there we go. He kind of gave me a uh, uh, I don't really want to answer that kind of question. <laughs> So, right, um, I get it, but it's it's a little controversial, but it is what it is. Um, I know you're under a time constraint, so um, yeah. let's um, one more question: What do the Flyers need, and was Matt Niskanen really the reason why they are in the hole that they're in right now? Um, the Flyers are just underperforming. I, I think that a lot of the components are there. You know, you look at their lineup, and there's there's certainly some players that Ghost had a rough year, but I still think he's worth keeping around. Um, I know that there's a lot of Flyers fans looking to, to just clean house. I don't know if I don't know if that's really necessary. There's some bad contracts there, but every team's got bad contracts. I think going out, you know, I'm a big fan of adding Seth Jones to the team if that's possible. I'd like right. to see a, 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 just a bona fide number one defenseman um, on this team. I think that would that would be great. Uh, I think it's time to pass maybe the captain on to somebody else. Um, I think that that would be. I think Couturier is a, is a natural leader, and I think I, you know it. Just that's that's sort of what happens. I mean, uh, you, you give up the seat. It doesn't mean that you're not a leader on the team. It's just that's what uh, as your career transitions. That's it's you know the natural next step. But beyond that, I still think Carter Hart is going to win two or three Vesnas. And if you have you look at Carey Price right now, not to compliment anything on the Canadians, and uh, but Carey Price is just it shows you what a hot goaltender can do. Mark Andre Fleury has showed us in the past uh, that if you get into the playoffs, a hot goalie can bring you to the finals and bring you a cup. Um, so I'm not as worried about them. There are certainly concerns that need to be addressed, but uh, I think I, I still think Giroux's got some really great hockey left in him. Uh, I know, I know Nolan Patrick has been frustrating to a lot of people, but I am very. He just asked, he just asked out. Today, about a couple minutes ago. You know, I heard, I read that. I haven't seen a credible site say that yet. Right. But it seems like it seems like it might be better for both both organizations if he moves on somewhere else. But I'm very sympathetic to someone who is dealing with the, the health issues that he's dealing with, and and the problem with the healthy issues he's dealing with, and a lot of the criticisms is that he seems apathetic out there on the ice, like he's not putting in full a- effort. But apprehension and apathy can look like the same thing sometimes. And I've seen players, Lindros amongst them, Kevin Stevens, another good example. After they've they've experienced injuries, especially issues dealing with the head, 
they kind of become a different player. It doesn't mean I still think Nolan Patrick has tremendous amounts of potential. I mean, he's 22. Absolutely. He's the number two overall pick. But uh, a fresh start might be good for him. A fresh start to to a fan base that doesn't know him, um, hasn't hasn't seen him sort of struggle the way that he has. And I still think now would be the time, too, because I, I think you could get a decent amount back for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, so I, can do, I, I can do one more question, then I got a bolt. Sorry, guys. Um, I think Eric had one for you. Um, you think Ovi will break hit goal record? No. But the fact that he's even close is thrilling. You know, I thought I thought Gretzky's goal record, especially the way that that point point leads or you know the point leaders have decreased over the past ten years, where it used to be you had to get 180 points to be in the top three. Now that would have you 70 points over the the next leader for him to be that close, and especially the style that he plays, um, it's great that he's even in the running. But I can't I can't imagine any scenario where he hits it. But it's going to be worth watching over the next three seasons. I think he's going to try like hell, and he's still playing at an incredibly, incredibly elite level. So, you know, I, I could see him getting within maybe 720, 730, but uh, I, I can't imagine he'll get he'll break Gretzky's. I think the better question would be, does he do it in Washington? Does he uh, – yeah. Well, I think he finished his career in Washington. Yeah. yeah I just I can't think, see him anywhere else. Yeah, at this at this point, it would be it would be a Jordan Wizards type situation. Mm-hmm. It would just be a sad way to end a career playing no on the third line for for a franchise that holds no reference for you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thanks uh, thanks guys for having me on. My podcast name is My Dad Used to Play Hockey. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I'll come back on anytime. Uh, usually, I'm not under any sort of time constraints, so we could jaw for a couple of hours. I, I apologize. I should let you know. Oh, no. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, no problem, man. Yeah, anytime you want to come on, you let us know. All right. Well, go Sixers today. I don't even know if yeah. Embiid's in the lineup. I know. The yeah, he started. Uh, oh, we're, awesome. We're losing by uh, 15 right now, so not looking oh, good. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. I really Thanks, appreciate it, man. Thanks right, a lot. See you. Have a good one. All right. That ginger chalk. That's always good. That's nice. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I feel like we that went by so fast. I feel like it could probably go another two hours. Oh, absolutely. I just wish my you screen see. wasn't flashing like crazy. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um let me see if I had anything else that we could get into. Um Yeah, I forgot this. Yeah, uh I guess at the end of the episode we'll plug this in. <laughs> um let's see. Um Flyers Alley is sponsored by Body Check Wellness. Go to www.bodycheckwellness.com for your hemp-derived CBD oils and functioning mushroom blends. Um, I think we got some comments too. We got more comments. See what we got. Oh, thanks, Eric. Thanks to everybody uh, showing up too. That was a good. That was a good turnout. I really like that you said you want Seth Jones because that's what. I really want right now a guy who eats minutes, plays good defense, can score. He's a big body. He'd be perfect for us. Wade is a sixteen percent. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, man. That's and no one should go to see. Yeah, I I agree. I kind of want them to take ghosts, but at the same time, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. 
No, no. Don't touch Ghost. <laughs> Maybe not. There's other people. They could take. They could they're take gonna, Nolan Patrick. I think he's done. I think he, I think uh, Kendra Chuck was right. They're gonna take uh, what's his name, Kubel. Let's see, they're gonna take. They fucking better not. They're going not, to the cheaper, no. cheaper, younger route. That's who they're taking. They're not taking. Now you're messing. Now you're messing with my I'm guys. telling you. I'm telling you, they're gonna take him. They don't want JVR right. or Vortex contract. Why? Yeah, but JVR is a straight. He's been a stud this year. I, I think they take him. I think they yeah. honestly do take JVR. I wouldn't be mad. Nah. I'm, I, as I much would, as I, I love would, Voracek, I want them to take JVR or Voracek. So they're so they're not. No one realistically is gonna, you know, take. Uh, the Flyers aren't gonna eat half of Voracek's, uh, you know, contract, which is four, and then the, you know, Seattle to have that going in. They're not gonna do that. So they better not. Th- they're not gonna take Sam Warren. No. You know what they probably do if if that's an option, they'll probably take him and put him in the in the uh, down in the Phantoms and then bring him back up after the draft start. That's what I would do. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. They do need big contracts to get the cap floor. That's true. Hey, if, if they take Voracek, I wouldn't be upset either. They could take uh, everybody that they're looking to take. I'd be okay with except for Kubel. Kubel. Kubel's my guy. But that's. That's a no. steal for them. Yeah, Small well, contract. I don't, I don't like it. Unless they're trying to, to meet the cap four, like you said, but right. That's the big um, name that I've seen. Well, since you know, we should plug all our stuff right now. Then I guess um, definitely check out uh, the rest of the podcast on the network. You can go to www.oldcitysports.com. Old spelled O L D E. There's a Backstabbers Wrestling Podcast, the Complex 4 for 4 Sports, which is on tonight at 8 o'clock live. Um, you have the three-pointer NBA slash NCAA basketball show, which is live. Um, Dropping the mics is daily uh, sports, uh, worldwide sports with Brent Clemmer uh, and the Dusty Buse Marler Show, uh, which is I think we'll be on again next week with um, John Morasti. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, we are getting some some guests to come on, which is always a good thing. Um, let me see what else we got. Uh, if you want any merch, you can go to the um, oldcitysports.com. You can also go to the group Facebook uh, page. They have uh, complex tees for $20 a pop, you know, Flyers Alley tees for $20 a pop, and Backstabbers tees for $20 a pop. Uh, we will have Dusty Buttes and the rest of the shows coming up. We have uh, an NFL league-wide show being hosted by Jake um, called Rumble Fumble. That's going to happen. We have another uh, college football show coming on. And actually, Brent got some people today to uh, – they want to do a golf show. <laughs> nice. I'm not going to release the name yet because the name is just too unreal. <laughs> um, actually, I will. It's called the, the Dirty Birdies. Okay. <laughs> so, I like it. I like it. He was actually approached. So that's always good. Also want to give my buddy Tim Zytel a um, shout out. Tim is going to come on the Dusty Buttes at some point. He uh, is a junior hockey player, plays for East Texas Baptist University. He, um, I was talking to him last night. He's going to come on and just kind of give us his story at some point and uh, get what's going on down in the juniors. I mean, it's always good to talk to the people in the juniors. Yeah. Everybody, everybody needs to hear their story, right? Yeah, look forward to it. 
yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, again, if you did hear anything on this that's copyright infringement worthy, Old City Sports Network slash Flyers Alley do not own any rights to any of the shared content, even though there wasn't any. Facebook can kiss my ass. Um, you got anything else? You got you got any topics you want? No, nope, just. Uh... Keep an eye out for Rumble Fumble Live, like you said, the NFL podcast that we have coming up soon. We'll have a date here within probably the next week or two for the first show, and we're really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm really excited for it. Um, Wade, again, sorry, bud, uh, that you had technical difficulties, um, but it's what it is. It's nice to have have somebody else have them instead of me all the time, though. I uh, definitely think we should get uh, Zach back on the, the show again to just chat about, you know, his life growing up as, you know, the son of a professional hockey player. Yeah, it's – uh, we definitely got to get him back on. It's the time constraint – no, it doesn't matter. I mean, he has to go. That's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. no big deal. We can get him on. That's that's just better. We get him on again. So, um, yeah, I just, I just had fun listening to him talk about hockey, like – He's really well versed in, in everything that's going on now and shit that's gone on in the past. So it was fun, fun speaking to him today. It'll be cool if he comes back around the way too. So I mean, maybe we yeah, can start doing, start doing some interviews in person if people are local. I know Cote's local, and you know, um, Bylaus is local. We're gonna have them on too. So we got, I know we, we still got comments coming in. Oh, thanks, bud. Thanks, Wade. Um, with that being said, we're going to wrap her up. I'm uh, Jesse from Flyers Alley along with Jake. We'll see you guys maybe next week, maybe not. Look out for the invite. Yep. Later, guys.